from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. We're inside of the Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios. You're also watching live on Facebook.com backslash Live now, DT, hanging out with you right here inside of the Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios, 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse, New York. With that being said, I am honored and privileged for a segment that we do every single Friday at 9.30. It's called Significant Soundbites. We have interviews all throughout the week, but I pick a special one every single week to spotlight. And this week is Shamarco Thomas. Anyone that's ever listened or watched Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, you know my conversations with Shamarco are always very special, and we kind of talk about a little bit of everything, skydiving, eating Chick-fil-A, football, life, family, all the good stuff. So he is an honor to always have on the show. He's an honor to call a friend, and he's someone that uplifts your spirit, and I think we all need that. I need that this week. I'm sure you do too. So without further ado, let's bring him into the show. Shamarco, how are you doing today? I'm good. How you doing, Dan? I'm doing well, man. So, what's going on? How's life? Catch us up. What's what's going on in Shamarco's world? Man, it's going good, man. Just training, trying to stay healthy. Uh, free agent. I had to get come back from a hamstring injury, and uh, the last week of the game, and just staying positive, grinding, working on my deep OG coloring and my foundation. Just trying to stay busy. You know, you talk about coming back from a hamstring injury, and that's one of those injuries in the NFL. You know, people focus on the ACL ones and the MCL and whatnot, but I feel like the hamstring is the one that really is, I mean, that's the one that kind of just nags you because sometimes it sticks around. Just what you can say about the rehab from it, getting the body right, and, you know, just what you can do after a hamstring injury to make sure that you're taking care of yourself and, and obviously prepared to continue the career. It's a lot of physical therapy, uh, a lot of rehab, cold ice tubs, you know, stem, you know, other things like chiropractic just around your body, uh, acupuncture, massages, knee tissue massages, stuff like that, man. And like you said, man, those are the nagging injuries. So, man, getting your confidence back, you know, to open up again. So, like, yeah, I've you... been out for a couple of weeks. Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. What were you going to say? No, I just saying, I've just been out for a couple weeks, and definitely I got my confidence back, moving full speed now, so I'm feeling good. So, you know, you're feeling good, you're feeling well, feeling healthy. Just what you can say about, you know, having that opportunity now to, to get yourself onto a team and, and you know, to find that place. You know, we're, we're a few weeks into the NFL here. This is week number six. Just what you can do because, you know, you found a way to, to get onto different teams and have different opportunities. You found a way to have longevity. So where do you go from here and, and how do you tackle it, so to speak? to find an opportunity out there? Just keep working hard. Uh, my agents do a great work, you know, CAA. They do a great work uh, getting my name out there every week with the teams, you know. I've heard calls, you know, but I wasn't ready. So, you know what I mean? Just prepare. keep staying prepared, you know, and uh, staying focused and know a team will call. All the hard work is going to pay off and uh, keep my faith. 
you know, and, and to look at that, speaking here with Shamarco Thomas, former Syracuse defensive back and, and current professional defensive back who's who's been around the NFL, like you said, you know, certain calls have come and you haven't been ready. Just what you could say about, you know, honesty and, and being forthright in those situations where, you know, maybe you get that call and, you know, you want to go and you want to play and you want to continue it, but you want to be honest with the team. Just you know, what that means to you to be honest and, and to tell the truth kind of right off the jump and, and to let these teams know, you know, where you're at, because honesty is something that unfortunately in life, we, we seem to chase sometimes and don't always find. Well, yeah, definitely got to be honest, especially when I had, you know, I mean, you know, we don't build it and stuff, so they're going to see it regardless if it's all the way here and they're going to test the enhancement. So I knew, I knew that aspect of, the process of signing with a So I knew it and I felt in my heart that I wasn't ready, you know. So now I'm ready and prepared. But that process of telling the truth is just protecting you because you don't want to go out there and hurt it even more or re-injure it, you know what I'm saying? And then you said that even more you won't even sign. So that's my big preparation on being a coach, man. I want to be prepared and so I can go out there performing my best. Yeah, you know, and to go out there and perform. I mean, you've been on different teams. You've been on Denver. You've been on the Bills. You've been with the Steelers. You know, you've had opportunities out there before. What has it taught you? What have you learned up to this point, you know, being a, a part of the NFL? What have you learned about the league and, and just what you can use to take yourself to the next level and to that next opportunity? Uh, just stay focused, man. Keep my faith in God. Uh, take it one day at a time. I always keep that mindset because – you look far, a little far ahead, man, I'll stress you out. So definitely take it one day at a time. Keep grinding and trust my process, man, and my agent and whoever's working for me. And I know God got a plan, so I'm just happy, you know what I mean, and blessed. I mean, I'm going on my seventh year, you know what I mean, in NFL, man. It's the blessing to be able to say that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, to have that opportunity that you, that you've had and, you know, to have the longevity that you've had. Speaking here with Shamarco Thomas. Shamarco, you know, you and I always talk about faith. We talk about God and the importance of God and the importance of, of keeping your faith. I know that some people that listen to the show have a strong faith. Maybe some people that listen don't. And my hope is that one day everybody that listens and watches has that faith because I don't I don't really know how you can live without it but you know it's it's to each their own it's just my hope and my prayer that they have that it's important to you it's important to me just what you could say about your faith about your belief in God because it's the only thing sometimes I feel like that keeps me going so just what you can say about that well my belief in God man is just the way of my life is expired you know what I mean uh I always think back on what my life used to be and how it became this way. So and I know that's all God. So, you know what I mean? I know God always got my back. And then that process has grown to me. And I'm not saying I have no bad days where I'm not second-guessing or, you know what I'm saying? Everybody has that struggle. But you got to ultimately have the ultimate faith in God and he will keep you the most powerful and keep you most strong. And that's what I live on. And I seize every moment of that, you know what I'm saying? And that's who I am, right? I believe in God and I believe in God and that's the way of life. And for you to have that faith, you know, we've talked about establishing that and to have that. How difficult, when you have those moments, because like you said, everybody has a bad moment. You know, I have my bad moments. I feel like, you know, recently I can, I can point to some times and say, oh, I had this one or I had that one. You know, how do you navigate through those moments where you question your faith or you question God or you're frustrated, you're upset? 
How do you navigate through those moments? What do you do to get yourself back on track? Man, I play a great sport that you got to lift weights and train every day to be healthy. So those are my stress relievers, you know, and also seeing my kids smile. You know, when you see, when you wake up in the morning, you know, you're stressing, and you see your kids smiling, going to school with no stresses, and you realize that you have put them in a situation in the best of life that you never had as a young kid, man. That's the ultimate relaxing for me, man. Lifting weights and just seeing my kids smile. So, I mean, and to everybody, you know, somebody, you have something. Like you said, lifting your weights and seeing your kids smile, it, it helps you to get there. You better have a stress reliever to take your mind out of this world. And it's not I'm trying to say out of this world. It's just tune your everything out, man. Get all the stresses and just lock in onto yourself and just bring back your confidence and what you believe in. You know what I'm saying? What you work for and what your purpose is. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, I always say when I, uh, when I fly, because I travel a lot, I was like, well, you know, when I fly and I'm and I'm and I'm up in the air, you're above the world. And I said, it kind of, you know, like when people say you pull yourself out of the situation, you gain perspective, literally and figuratively. When I'm on a plane, that's when I feel like I gain perspective because I get pulled away from everything. I'm above it all. I can see the big picture, and then when I go back down onto land that's when I can kind of tackle it. So I find myself when I travel, it opens up my mind, but on the daily more than anything else, you know, mine is music. You know, I've always, I've always been musically, you know, connected. So mine is listening to music, singing music, writing music. It's, it's a little bit of everything is so, I mean, I think lyrically, you know, sometimes you could just find peace in putting on your headphones, closing your eyes and listening to somebody else talk about it or, you know, to write something yourself. But that's definitely a key point too. That's the main factor. I'm definitely one of those type of guys listening to music. You know what I'm saying? It just tune everything out, man. That's that's one of the biggest ways to relax. Music, man. And so, what's what's the your favorite your go to? Because my music is all over the place. I mean, I'll I'll listen to. Christina Perry, I'll listen to Lil Wayne, I'll listen to Phil Collins, I'll listen to Boys to Men. I mean, Drake, I'm all over the place. Mace, I'll go back in time a little bit. So I'll listen to rap, hip hop, R and B, soul, it doesn't matter. What's your go to when you go to listen to music and you need that like release and you need that break? I'm just like a relator, you know. Uh, I like to hear people's stories and hear what they go through. So I'm like a like a like people don't People don't really understand. I can listen to R and B. I can listen to country music. I can listen to rap. But it is on what you're speaking about, man. I, I like to hear people's stories, and like I like to hear people's come up stories. That that makes me motivated. You know that I came from the same spot, and I'm blind just like them. So I usually listen like NBA, Meek Mills. Uh, a lot of people I listen to, but you probably don't know them. But I just like that type of music. I'm really not into like the. How you said that? I don't know how to that. Big time music. I'm just I like underground music. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I, I just like stuff that pulls me out. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. You go you go off the beaten path and kind of find something that find something you can listen. But that's the same thing, you know. I, I like the stories, and that's the funny thing is is that what you just said. I can go listen to country music, and then go listen to rap. And then go back to country, and then go to R and B, and and because it's what you need at that time, it's what you need in that moment, and it, and I think God speaks through music because there's that notion that they say that angels always talk to humans through music, 
So, you know, when you hear something and you feel like it's it, it's something that's meant for you, that was written for you for that moment at that specific time, that that's actually an angel that's that's singing down to you and maybe somebody you know. So there's some life well, to that. Yeah, I definitely believe in that. That's real deep. Yeah, and that's, but that's reality. And see, when we have Shamarco on the show, we get deep because we need to. So Shamarco, before we get into football and Syracuse-wise and whatnot, the annoying moment of the week this week, and I do that to start off every Friday show, it was about people who waste other people's time or people who silence other people. Some people call it, you know, ghosting in the world we live in today. Some people, It's just a reality of someone on one side of the spectrum, whether it's business, it's a business relationship, romantic, whatever it may be, parent and child, where somebody just kind of disappears. They don't answer your phone calls. They don't answer your text messages. They don't speak to you. And they don't give you the opportunity to speak your mind or work a problem out. And then on the other side of it, people that are with you that waste time and the importance of not doing that. We've all made sacrifices. We've all, you know, gone and done something with somebody for somebody. And then they've wasted our time. And then we've gone, oh, I could have done this. I could have done that. What is your advice to somebody who is having their time wasted or being ignored? Because unfortunately... In my life, your life, and in in the lives of people that I've had to speak to on the phone about this recently, we all go through it. So, what's your advice on that? Uh, uh, me personally, uh, um, I'm a type of person that uh, I've been through that too. You know, people waste my time, or I could have did stuff more important. You know what I'm saying? But I feel like God shows you them type of people, you know what I'm saying? So you're going to raise some type of people out your life. And the way to deal with it, man, focus on yourself. Get in tune with yourself. Like, I always tell my little brother, man, like, with him and his friends, you know, they want, they you know, sometimes, and sometimes they want to hang and mess out on training or something. You got pride towards your life and what you want out of life because that person might not see the same vision or have the same mission you have in life. So, man, they want to inspire or grind us hard or answer your phone or be in that situation to help you out to explain life so you gotta move on. So I'm that type of person, I just move on. Uh I give you a couple chances but I stick to I stick to my grind and my focus and what about what I gotta handle and that's who I am. You know, and that's the thing, you know, because I feel like a lot of times people lose themselves in try if you are a good person, you lose yourself in trying to you know, help somebody somebody else or be there for them or try and figure things out. And I've always been a proponent of if it's if it's something, like you said, you give it a couple chances, you give it a couple tries. If you're sitting there trying to figure something out that seems like a Rubik's Cube on top of a Rubik's Cube on top of a Rubik's Cube, it's probably not worth it. Definitely not, because you're going to get lost in it. You know, keep trying to figure it out, keep trying to figure it out, you're going to keep going through the same process. Absolutely. So... You know, we we can agree this morning that you know you got to focus on you. You got to focus on being healthy and doing good things in your life. Syracuse is you know coming off of a game on the road at NC State, sixteen to ten they lose it. The defense played for the majority of the game almost perfect football. They were getting after Bailey Hockman. They were forcing him to you know run out of the pocket. You know they were forcing Leary, who was in there, Devin Leary, who played quarterback for you know a little bit as well they were sacking the quarterback 
you know, there was a one-handed interception by Andrew Armstrong. They were stuffing the run at times. There was no real big, crazy plays outside of a trick play that NC State had. So the defense kept the offense in the game all the way through, but the offense could just not figure out how to get it going. They had 65 yards of total offense in the first half until the last few seconds where they had a 52-yard pass from DeVito to Tristan Jackson, and Tristan Jackson catching that ball ended up getting them over 100 yards in the first half, but outside of that, only 65 yards. They sputtered, constant three and outs, multiple punts, 12 penalties in the game, and self-inflicted wounds are the worst ones, so... I know that, you know, for you, you went through ups and downs at Syracuse. You know, every player can can key in on something. What's your thoughts on that, hearing that the defense played so well, played so strong, created so many opportunities, and then on the offensive side, there was penalty after penalty after penalty and just an inability to, to move the ball and a lot of three and outs in this most recent game? Oh, my son, man. First of all, I love Syracuse. I love the coach and I love the players, you know. And uh, what I say about that, man, those are one of the tough games, you know. Your defense is playing good and your offense is not playing, playing as bad as good, but your defense gets tired, you know what I mean? You got four quarters of playing football, man. The other offense is going to make a play, you know what I'm saying, when you're on the field a long time. And for the offense, man, you just go in there and see what you did wrong and progress, man. You got to realize this is another week, man. You got to capitalize. You got to realize what you messed up on, like the penalties. Like, the first thing I would be is trying to fix the penalties, man. Go over the little things, correct those. You know what I'm saying? And just the defense got to keep the uh, offense spirit up. The offense got to keep the defense going. And everybody got to work together, man. Uh, you, you have them type games. Those are, those are the tough ones, bro. I, I've been there with the Syracuse when, you know, we had a great defense. We was fighting the whole game, and the last second they scored and beat us because, you know, our offense couldn't score. But, you know, we came in there after the team, came in after as a team, and we talked about the little things as keeping the offense up, like Nassau and them, and next game they had our back. So it, it goes vice versa, man. They just got to have each other back and stick together and stay focused. Yeah, you know, and, and that's the thing, and that's the big part of, <clears throat> of all of this is that, you know, there is that back and forth. But when I had him on the show a few weeks ago, Julian Wiggum, he said, you know, there was those moments and there was that frustration where, you know, if the defense played well and the offense didn't and this, that, and the other. And he said that he remembered a time where something was going on in the locker room and you came over and you made a statement and then that was it. He said when Shamarco talked, everybody listened. Did you feel that? Did you have, you know, in, in your opinion, did you have that type of leadership on the team? And did you feel that you were one of those people in the locker room when you were at Syracuse that when there was an issue or there was a problem and Shamarco comes walking down to your locker and makes a statement and walks away, did you feel that there was weight to that? And and would you agree with Julian Wiggum that when you spoke, the team listened? Uh, I definitely think when I spoke, the team listened. That's, I, I don't think that's just because of just being a leader. It's just how I showed by example. Everything I did in the weight room, the film room, you know, off the field, everything. Because we had a lot of great leaders like Nassau, uh, Pew, you had all type of leaders, Alec. But when I talked, it was it was so present because I don't really talk like that, you know. I'm really quiet. I just work hard and do all that. So that's why I feel like my leadership and when I said something, 
stood for something when I was sitting in the locker room and nobody stood on talk talk talked on it. So that's why I really think how that's how I think they respect me because I really didn't say nothing. When I say something, I, I need to say it, and that's that. Justin George, Nathan Trout, Ryan Bartholomew, Adonis Amin Moore, in you know so on and so forth. Syracuse players uh, watching and, and listening to the show, watching and listening to your words. What does it mean to you that your former teammates believe in you as a leader? The the fact that to this day they still kind of smile and look back on it and and say, "Listen, you know, when Shamarco came in the room, you paid attention to when you know when he spoke. You paid attention to what he said. You know, the fact that after all these years, your teammates still respect you, they appreciate you." And it kind of just makes them smile and laugh to remember those moments where, you know, they can pinpoint and say, Shamarco said this or he did this. You know, what does that mean to you that you've had such a lasting impression on your teammates and that they still respect you to this day? It's definitely a blessing, man, because that's all I want to do is leave a mark on Syracuse and leave a mark on my teammates. You know, when I first came to Syracuse, I seen guys like Delon, you know, you bought by telling you how they work. Darrell, you know, all the guys that was there before me showed me the way, you know what I'm saying, grinding, working hard. And I always wanted to take it to the next level, you know, and show them a different piece, you know. And I'm happy that my teammates still respect me to this day because that's all I ever wanted. That's and, what I work for. And Justin George just said, that's my big brother for life. So he showed you Oh, that's family. That's my little brother. Yeah, and, 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 and for you – you know, Shamarco, how important is it for you to to come back or be a part of it? Do you feel like you're welcome? You know, I mean, obviously, you, you know, you you had a different coaching staff, but you know, with Dino Babers and and his coaching staff now and the school now, do you feel welcome? Do you feel that you can come back? Do you want to talk to these guys? Do you want to you know put Trill Williams and Andre Cisco and and Chris Frederick and, and Afatu Malafonwu and Scoop Bradshaw, do you want to put them under your wing? I mean, how do you look at it right now? Oh, yeah, definitely, man. I'm always an alumni once, man. I definitely know I felt welcome. You know, last time I came there in a football game, they welcomed me on the sideline. Everybody was talking to me. They let me in the weight room. You know, I'm definitely welcome. I definitely love to mentor them guys, you know, show them the way, you know what I'm saying, and show them the process of how to be, get to the next level. And, even now, I mean, just to let us know just how to be a man and how to show you your man and how to be an example for others, you know, the next, team, next player that's coming up. So I'd definitely love to do that, man. And, and for you, I mean, how do you do that? Do you feel that this this school, uh, do you feel that Dino is proactive? Is there any opportunities that ever come up? Or do you feel like it's more you having to reach out and seeing if you can come back? I mean, how how is the conversation? Um, me and him hasn't had a conversation yet, you know, uh, really, uh, the alumni have been hitting me up, like Coach Hicks and some of my teammates, you know, telling me to come back and talk and stuff and all that type of stuff, but, uh, I think we'll get in contact and, uh, I think it's going to happen, I think it's just the process, you know, I've been real busy, you know, trying to get healthy, grinding, you know, every year I've been real focused and, you know, when it's that time, I think uh, it'll be a great event to do. Absolutely. That coming from Shamarco Thomas. Shamarco, words of advice for this team. They defeated the teams they were supposed to win against on the schedule in most people's minds. Liberty, Western Michigan, Holy Cross. They lost to Clemson in a game where they beat themselves, in my opinion, more than Clemson beat them. A lot of self-inflicted wounds. NC State, a lot of self-inflicted wounds. And then outside of that, a game at Maryland where they lost by 43 in the second week of the season. 
They're three and three right now. Fans expecting so much because of last year, even though the team has changed offensive line, even though the team has changed quarterback and changed with some of these linebackers coming up. But there's a lot of expectation, and the team is three and three. There's a lot of frustrated fans out there. What's your advice? What are your thoughts on this team this year? And, and maybe some words to the fans out there. Well, uh, my advice, like I'm stay focused. Yeah, got they always gotta stay together, stay a team. And you can't let the noise outside affect the inside, man. Let the nation say what they wanna say. Y'all five hundred, you still in it. Just respect the ground, respect the process. Man, Syracuse gonna be good, man. Got a great coaching staff, man. We got a great head coach, man. I see the young boys grinding on Instagram, I see them got fighting each every game, man. It's gonna come, man. Just gotta keep grinding and stick to the process. And maybe maybe some words of advice to fans. If you know fans have bought tickets, they were excited, they were hyped, they were feeling good about this season, and now some of those people maybe you know saying some off color things, maybe you know uh, derogatory and whatnot. What would be your advice to the fans and maybe some of those people that have resorted to personal attacks or you know a lot of negativity out there? Ask me that question as a football player. Yeah, I'm going to ask you that question as a football player. We're friends. I'm asking you that question. What I say to the fans, and I'm going to say it another way, y'all got to have faith. If y'all don't have faith in us, how are we going to have faith in ourselves? I mean, how are we going to fight? Because you got to realize we're not just fighting for ourselves, we're fighting for y'all, so y'all can be proud of us. So I'd rather them tell them, stay proud of them, keep the faith, keep pushing them, keep motivating them, keep all that negative energy. If you got negative stuff, keep it to yourself. <laughs> All positive energy, keep pushing these guys, these young brothers, you know, that have big dreams and want to see in life, yeah. want to take Syracuse to the next level, keep them motivated and keep them positive, you know? I, I think it's funny because I can sense it on the other side of the phone. I feel like I, I know you well enough that you're smiling through all this because that was a very nice way of saying what you really wanted to say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. but I mean, for you, I mean, it's, it's such a thankless job, right? Because if you're winning, then, you know, sometimes people pay attention, sometimes they don't. But if you're losing, you know, it's, it's put on blast. I mean, you're doing a sport that you love and some people look at it at an angle and, and, and say, well, you know, you get to play a game, Shamarco. You get to make millions of dollars, more money than a police officer makes or a teacher makes or a firefighter makes, and you're playing a game, you're playing a sport. And so there's that negative kind of view of it of you make millions of dollars, what do you complain about? But then there's the other side of it where it's like, yeah, but I can lose my job at any given second. If I tweak my ankle, I might never get my spot on the team back again. You know, if you don't get your contract right and guaranteed money, as opposed to what's in the contract itself, and if you're not in the right situation and with the right team and whatnot, and you have to constantly put your body through grueling stuff, you have to constantly, you know, have contact. And, and as Rob Drummond said, the sport of football is putting on a helmet, backing up to the end of your driveway, running headfirst into your garage door and doing that 300 times and then realizing that that was one game. So 
you're constantly putting your body on the line. You can lose your job at any time. You got to make people happy. There's thousands of people with opinions of you. That takes a lot of mental toughness. It's anxiety. It's stress. It's crazy. So yes, you make millions of dollars. Yes, you get opportunities. Yes, you're playing a game. But at the same time, you're playing the game of putting your body on the line, could lose your job. And it's a high octane, high pressure situation, 25-7, I'll call it. So just what you can say about the player's perspective when people are just looking at the fact that you make a lot of money and you get to run around and play a sport, obviously it's a million times more than that. All I can say to a person who does all that, criticizes us about all that, about making money, and then we play a a tier sport and all that stuff, I tell all them people, sign up for a one-week training camp. (laughs) Get a one-week training camp. And you'll see why we make these millions of dollars by playing this sport because that's the thing I always say about all fans. Everybody can talk from the outside, but if you're not inside, you don't see the gruesome and hard work and blood, sweat, and tears players and coaches go through just for one week and one game. Me personally, I really, (laughs) I really don't got nothing to say to them guys besides, like I said, go go through one week. Not one week, two days. And I, I promise you, the majority of people will quit. Yeah, well, I, I'm with you. I tell people all the time, like I said, listen, if you think you're a better quarterback than Tommy DeVito, if you can go onto the field and not pass out for five minutes, if you can run up and down the field and not pass out, then I'll give you a million dollars. physical aspect, like basically, okay, so free agent. So basically, picture this, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is the tester for all guys. And it tested me, too. And I ain't going to say the team. I'm not going to say the whatever. It tested me, too. You know, I got I got released at, at the end of the season last year, you know, because they wanted to bring a young guy up, you know what I'm saying? And I get vet paid, whatever. And that's the process of whatever. So I know I'm going to pay for two games. But I could have still got picked up by a team. So I'm going to come. I bought my house in Virginia. Yeah. You know? And then... And I'm relaxing, I'm thinking I'm going to have to spend Christmas with my family, you know what I'm thinking. You know, I'm getting ready for the next season, you know, waiting for a sign to the team because I was going to sign back to the team I was just on because we already talked about the future contract. Then another team called me one day before Christmas, you know, I'm planning to do with my kids, you know, I'm planning to chill, you know, and relax and enjoy Christmas for the first time, finally, with my kids, you know, and I get that phone call and it was like a bittersweet. You know what I'm saying? It's my mental went to a crazy moment where I wanted to retire because it's like, y'all really gonna call me a day before Christmas? Like, y'all really testing if I really love the game? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I just remember that whole process of getting in the car and just crying all the way to the airport. You know what I'm saying? Not knowing if I really wanted to play this game no more because I felt like this was like the ultimate test. Like, I wanted to be with my baby. So to the people that's out there that criticize us, y'all gotta see the inside and what we go through, not just physically, mentally, you know, it's mentally draining, getting on airplanes, going to every place, not being around your kids, not being around your family for months, you know, doing the training, you know what I'm saying, believing, you know what I'm saying, having that faith, you know what I'm saying, down at your lowest point. So, they can say, oh, we make all these millions, but man, it takes a lot, you know what I'm saying, it takes a lot, it really takes a lot. Yeah, and for you to, speaking here with Shamarco Thomas, former Syracuse DB, and and current free agent in the NFL, spent a lot of seasons in the NFL up to this point. I mean, you talk about it. There's there's the real. 
you know, and, and people don't see the real. Everybody sees, you know, the finished product. They see you on the field. They see me behind a microphone. They see the pilot that's, you know, sitting in the cockpit doing his thing. They see the doctor performing brain surgery, but they don't see the fact that the doctor had to go through million, you know, probably millions of dollars, thousands of dollars on top of thousands of dollars to, you know, get to where they are. All that schooling, all those tough nights, all those people saying, why can't you come out? Why can't you spend time with me? Well, I got to do this and that. I mean, I remember working for a company. I'm not going to name the company. It wasn't a good experience. But I, I worked for this one company, and they wanted you writing every single second of the day. And I remember going to dinner, and I said I would never be this guy. And I went to dinner. It was a big family dinner. My grandmother was there. She's since passed. She was almost 101. And That's a blessing. No, it is a blessing, man. She, G-Mama, one of the greatest human beings on the planet and uh, and now one of the greatest human beings sitting with God and she so she was there my aunt was there my cousins were there my parents were there and I think the girl that I was with at the time was there so we we're at this big table and I was eating pizza with my left hand I had my laptop on the table in, in the mix of everybody, I'm typing on the laptop with one hand. I got my phone with a personal hotspot because there's no internet in there. And I'm writing this story and I'm rushing. And then I had to leave like in the middle of dinner because I had to go to an event and this, that, and the other. And I remember sitting in the car wanting to just literally hit my head against the steering wheel and go, why are you doing this? Like you just at dinner with your family, you were typing a story because it couldn't wait and it had to go out now and it had to be done. And I promised myself, I said, even if they offer me an, offer me another contract or they don't, I don't want to do it. And they're probably better off not offering me a contract so I don't have to think about it. And, you know, and they didn't, you know, God was good. So because I know if they did, I would have sat and I would have thought about it. And I would have said, you know, what is this? And is it going to be better? So, I mean, there's just moments that people don't get. They don't understand that I started this company with $100 in my bank account and 27 cents jingling in my pocket. They don't understand what you went through with loss in your family and having to not only fend for yourself, but fend for, you know, your siblings and, and now with your siblings and your kids. And, you know, people don't see what people go through. They just see, oh, they're at the red carpet. Oh, they're in a movie. Oh, they're they're you know on Football Sunday. Oh, they're broadcasting live from wherever, and they think that life is easy. But if you want to live your dreams and you want to make something out of yourself, you are going to make sacrifice on top of sacrifice to the point where you're not even going to remember. And I will tell you this, Shamarco, and we can laugh about this. The last woman that said to me that I've never made a sacrifice in my life is no longer here. So. Just to tell people, I mean, you can't look me and say, you've never made a sacrifice because if I wrote down the sacrifices I made daily, I would probably run out of paper. So, I mean, you know what I mean? Like to, to live your dreams, we make sacrifices every single day and we have to be around people that appreciate those sacrifices or else what's the point? Yes, sir. That's, that's deep, Shamarco. I'm getting deep today. That was deep. I like that one. <laughs> yeah. Preaching though. I like it though. You got, I mean, you gotta, I mean, you, you know what I mean? It's like, you are not afraid to speak your mind. I'm not afraid to speak mine. And I feel like, you know, people get protected by the fact that, you know, people hurt people and people say things about people. And on social media now, people do whatever they want to do. And, you know, they feel like it's okay. And I don't think it's okay to do what a lot of people do in this world today. Racism, prejudice, sexism, that's all there. Okay. But on top of all of that, 
there's just people that are genuinely selfish, rude, egotistical, pompous, naive, ignorant. And what's the point of staying quiet about it? You work hard. I work hard. You want your kids to have a good life. I would love to have kids someday and, and want the same. My parents want me to have a good life. So if we don't talk about the fact that, you know, we struggle every day, but we work our way through it and we get our head above water, then how are we helping anybody else to know that they can get through it too? So that's how it is, man. I hear you today. Oh yeah, I see you. I hear you today. <laughs> <laughs> so that being said, Shamargo, I do want to get your thoughts on on uh one final piece. We always, whenever Shamarco's on the show, we could we could talk the whole time. And there's one thing that I, I, I definitely want to get to today, and that's the Fair Pay for Play Act. A California Senate Bill 206 has stated that athletes, student athletes in college should be paid for their image, likeness, and name. They should also have the opportunity to hire agents. There's other states around the country that are looking at passing legislation. Those states include, I believe, Kentucky, Florida, Colorado. The state of New York that I'm in right now is, is looking to pass even more legislation on top of what California did to say that 15% of the ticket sales of every sporting event should be paid back to the players that are playing that event. So if you have 70,000 people and you know they come in for a football game, then that 15% of that seven of the 70,000 people that bought tickets should go back and dispersed equally amongst the players. What are your thoughts on fair pay for play image likeness and name getting money for that and, and being able to hire an agent? What does it do for college athletics? Are you for it or against it? And my second question for you, and I know you're going to laugh at this one is the NCAA corrupt. Oh, man, you trying to get me in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> you don't play for them anymore. They can't hurt you now, Shamarco. They can't hurt you. <laughs> uh, man, honestly, I've been saying it since I was in college. I think athletes should get paid, you know. So uh, what they're saying now, man, I think it should go through. I think that law should get through because you got to realize, people, like I tell like you, we were just talking about people don't understand what a, a college athlete has to go through every day just from study tables working out to going to all these classes, playing sports. You know what I'm saying? Like, we don't got that time to get a job. We don't have that time. You know what I'm saying? We don't have that time and that space to even earn money. You know what I'm saying? We're bringing in the fans. So I definitely think it's college athletes should get paid, man. So you think – Okay. So you think they should get paid and – that the uh, the NCAA is maybe not the most bright of companies, should oh, we say? Definitely not. Definitely not, man. It, it's a, I call it a billionaire business, but the players not getting paid. We're making all the money for the teams, building all the new buildings and schools, but we're not getting that for You know, our families are still, you know what I mean, you know, you guys kids from the inner city or, you know what I mean, poverty bring us to college, you give us a full scholarship, and that's a blessing, you know, you give us the opportunity to get an education and stuff, you know, and better our, our life in an educational way and getting a job, a better job and stuff, but also we're putting a lot of sacrifices in and bringing all these fans in, like I said, and building all these buildings, we should get paid too so we can help our family out too, you know. Well, and that's the thing is they make all the money off of you and then they say, well, you get a free education. But at the same time, I, would, would a lot of these universities and colleges exist in today's world without athletics? Exactly. We're getting deep here, Shamarco. We might have to run for, you want to run for, you want to run for office 2020, you and me, you want to do it? <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. 
<laughs> Let's make it happen. Why not? Why not? Right? A broadcaster, somebody who knows how to speak, and a and a player who knows how to talk on the field and be a leader. We are we already know how to speak publicly and we tell the truth. I don't think they'll like us because we tell the truth, Marco. I don't know if that's a good thing on, on Capitol Hill. I don't know if that's good. So you know, I, I don't know if they want somebody to be honest, but uh <laughs> I think the last time we had honesty was honest Abe. So it's it's been a it's been a while, man. But with that being said, Shamarco Thomas, Shamar, I never know when to end it because I respect the heck out of you, and and I, I just feel like we speak so philosophically and so real that we touch people all over the world, whether it's sports or not. So uh, let me just say thank you, and 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 I obviously look forward to the next time we get to talk. Do you have any final notes? Anything that you want to say? I just want to say thank you. It's always amazing to get on, get on here and talk with you, man. Every time it's inspiring. It's inspiring me. You know, you might think I inspire you the most, but you inspire me the most. It's, like I said, it's a blessing to be on here with you. And shout out D4G. You know, I got to shout out my organization, you know. We come up with some great things, some great clothes, and great community things, you know. And like I said, thank you again. And I appreciate every time. And I do want to let you know that Justin George said, he said, LOL, y'all got my vote. So (laughs) (laughs) we got one. We got one. And we can vote for ourselves, too. So that's good. So we got three votes right now. That's good. So we're we're in a good place. We're we're going to be all right. We're going to run. Let's do it, Let's make it happen. You know what? Don't mess because you know today I'm going to get inside of my, I'm going to start doing my little graphic thing and I might just for fun put a little Shamarco and, and Satora, they put that stuff together and see what 2020 looks like. I think it'd be cool. I think it'd be nice. Let's do it. Let's, let's do it. Let's write it in, man. Let's make it happen. So, hey, I, hey, listen, I always appreciate you. I appreciate the time. Please keep in touch. And for the love of God, come up to Syracuse so that we can, uh, we can do some skydiving with Chick-fil-A. We got to do something up here. So. Chick-fil-A. I'm about to do some Chick-fil-A right now. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, man. Well, I look forward to talking with you soon, okay? Definitely. I appreciate you again. All right, man. God bless. God bless you. Take care. That coming once again from Shamarco Thomas. That, you know, Justin, thank you that we got your vote. I appreciate it. I hope we have many of your votes you know i hope we have many of your votes okay if, if somebody can get into office and listen i'm not gonna get political on today's show i'm not gonna do none of that i'm just saying my dad always told me he's like you're not a politician you got to become a politician before and you got to work up the ranks before you can get into you know the white house and i was like not now <laughs> so you know why not why not shamarco let's do this let's get it done we just need to do it it's just how it is so maybe we will Maybe we will. 2020, Shamarco Totora. Love it. I love Thomas and Totora, T squared. I like it. We'll make it happen. So with that being said, let's take a step aside for a fast break. I'm not even kidding about this anymore. Let's take a step. This world's got to change for the better, and I might as well be one of the people to help it happen. <laughs> 